Welcome to the All Things FPL podcast. My name is Spice and I will be your host for today's episode. And we got a lot to talk about today because we have the quick turnaround. We are going to be doing our FPL Game Week 4 review and our Game Week 5 preview in one podcast because the deadline is on Tuesday. And boy, did we have an exciting Game Week 4. We had a ton of goals from multiple games. It's in the books. FPL-wise, many people seem to have higher scoring weeks. Uh, everyone seemed pretty content aside from Sala captainers, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. And uh, for those that don't own Holland, they get burnt once again. And unfortunately, on both of those, I had Sala, and I don't have Holland. So my week turned from you know potentially really good to really just kind of meh. So we'll start off with uh, my game week, how it went for my FPL team, and uh, feel free to tag me at allthings underscore FPL on Twitter. Tell me how your game week went, or if you're listening on Substack, just drop a comment down below. So I finished off with a red arrow again, moving down to 4.3 millionth in the world. Now it's not too big of a concern just yet with rank. I mean, literally 10 points would bring me up to 3 million and I believe like 40 points. The amount of points I would have had if I got Holland, I would be at 500k. So 40 points is all the difference right now between having an amazing start and a start that I'm currently at. I'm not too worried just yet. My team is looking pretty good, but I do have a few concerns. First off in goalkeeper, we had Aaron Ramsdale, and I'll talk about more about these players when we talk about their respective matches, but I'm a little concerned about Ramsdale. He is not picking up as many BPS as he did last season, and uh, like I said, we'll get back into that. Reese James finally returned me seven. Again, he played right center back, but as soon as he moved to his right wing back position, he went ahead and got himself an attacking return and he also got himself more bonus points which I mean I just wish that Tuchel would put him in his right wing back position he is clearly much better Trent Alexander-Arnold hauled for me with a whopping 17 points it's a shame that he hauled just about for everyone else but 17 is pretty good he had a goal uh, I believe an assist on an own goal if I'm not mistaken as well as a clean sheet and probably bonus too. Cancelo got one point, and he is a player I'm a little concerned about. Again, we'll kind of talk about that later. Zinchenko didn't play as he had some mystery injury that wasn't talked about in the press conference. Regardless, Arsenal team doctors did come out today, or or as of recording, it is Sunday. He came out on Sunday and said it was more of a precautionary thing. He should be okay. But with Zinchenko, of course, we do have midweek coming up, so I'm a little worried about what I'm going to do with Zinchenko ahead of his fixture on Wednesday because, uh, you know, they do play Villa, which is a really tasty fixture because Villa are so poor lately. If he doesn't play, I wouldn't be surprised because it is Villa and they don't have to force him in. Luis Diaz got me 14 points on two goals. I wish I put the captain's armband on him. Wilfred Zaha returned me nothing because like Zinchenko, he had some random injury that appeared out of nowhere. He didn't travel with the team to Manchester. 
Patrick Vieira decided not to say anything during his Friday press conference, and therefore I left him in the team as I had kind of set my team before, or like early Friday, and that didn't work out. Kulusevski returned me an assist. Salah got me a six-pointer with his clean sheet and two points and the captain's armband on him. And my two forwards, Tony and Gabriel Jesus, did nothing. Josh De Silva did come on for me. He had two points, and Brandon Williams... Not Brandon Williams, Nico Williams had one point in exchange with Zenchenko. So a really kind of poor week. I finished on 59, game week rank of 5.6 million. And um, I'm not too sure what I'm going to do. Like I said, I kind of want to move Zaha on to one of the Manchester City midfielders, Bernardo Silva or Gundogan. I'm not too sure which one I want to do, though. I kind of am leaning towards Gundogan. But like I said, I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to play between the two of them and kind of pick and choose. But either of them can return on any day. I believe just this week, Gundogan was the one that was left out. And he actually ended up going ahead and getting an assist. Yep, he only played for 29 minutes against Crystal Palace. And he ended up with an assist. And we'll talk about that Palace game. Uh, but regardless... Um, you know, the team, I'm kind of unsure of what I want to do uh, with them. I kind of want to get Haaland, but I don't think I want to do a minus eight because as soon as I get him, he will get rotated. Now, before we get into our game week review, guys, I do have a newsletter. Check it out. It will be linked in the description. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other thing like that, if you are listening on Substack, well... You guys can just subscribe from there, leave a review, do all that fancy stuff. Thank you. Let's go. Game week four review. We had a ton of goals this weekend, but because we do have to preview game week five, I'm not going to go in depth for every single game. Like, you know, your Brighton leads, that, that kind of games. I'm not going to go through those just for the sake of time. So let's briefly talk about the big ones. Liverpool nine, Bournemouth nil. Now, this was obviously the huge one. A lot of people were very worried about what to do with their Liverpool assets. And over a million managers uh, got rid of some sort of Liverpool player ahead of this game. Or there was at least a million transfers out between the likes of Robertson, Trent, Luis Diaz and Mo Salah. What a mistake that turned out to be for everybody that transferred out anyone but Salah. Trent went off. He was the biggest transferred out player of them all. He had a great game. Robbo played very well. Luis Diaz played very well. I mean, it was a great game. Liverpool played to perfection from the first minute until the very last. There was a clear quality gap, like I did say there was going to be in this match, and Liverpool did need to answer. Now, I thought Liverpool would probably, you know, they they would play strong, you know, maybe win, you know, three or four nil, uh, but they just never let off the gas and they put nine goals past them. Salah could have scored two, honestly. There's not really a bad thing to say. Nobody played bad. Salah had two unlucky ones. I mean, somehow he missed a shot from literally two yards out. And then his second one, he probably should have put away as well. On a different day, Mo Salah bags. And the thing is with Mo Salah, and the reason why I'm not panicking, is they have Newcastle at home this week. Salah could go ahead and bang in two right there. And all of a sudden, you know, people are saying, you know, no one remembers this. Uh, it will be, of course, a closer match when they do play Newcastle. There's nothing really to talk about from Bournemouth. There's no takeaways. Everybody played well. It was it was like, honestly, I, I got bored watching it. I, I'm a Liverpool fan. I won't lie. It was a little boring watching it. I had to put my, the City game up on the side, seeing all the madness that was going on over there. But it, it was really nice to see Liverpool play very well. They should be much more confident 
heading into this next game against Newcastle. Uh, but the one main difference between the first three games and this game that I noticed is Liverpool played with a much higher intensity. If they bring that same intensity to the game against New to the game with Newcastle on Wednesday, I think Liverpool should come away with it. And can we also mention Bobby Firmino? He had one goal and like three assists in that game, absolutely hauling. Uh, and for those, for anybody that decided to go ahead and triple captain Roberto Firmino, he returned 66 points. Uh, wow. All right, so let's move on to Manchester City four, Crystal Palace two. Now this game, it wasn't. It, it was interesting. It wasn't the greatest to watch because, of course, you know. Vieira, you know, Vieira set up the team to play defense, and um, this game had some drama. As I said, Zaha didn't get the start, so a lot of people were thinking about keeping their city defenders. But Palace go up 2-0 at the half. The first one, uh, kind of an unlucky John Stone's own goal. You know, it's an own goal, whatever it is, you know, it's an own goal. The second one was a great header um, by, I believe it was Joachim Anderson, Joachim Anderson, mispronounced the name, I'm up. I apologize if I did. Anyways, they go into the half 2-0 up, and honestly, Palace looked very good, and it was a little concerning because this is the third game of the season, I want to say, where, not the third game of the season, second game of the season in a row, uh, where City looked, City didn't really look like they had control completely like they usually do. Um, and what I meant by third is in the Community Shield, it was kind of the same way. I felt there was times where Liverpool really took over the game. Newcastle, you know, they took over the game and, you know, City didn't have complete control. And even in that first half, I know City had more of the ball, but it really didn't look like a normal Manchester City display. And it's something that's a little concerning. As far as that team goes, I don't know how you really figure out Manchester City, but, you know, again, it just didn't look like City had that same control. But just like the Newcastle game, um, City just turning on the 60th minute. It's always that 60th minute, and all of a sudden, City turning on. It looks like they could score 10 goals. Now, uh, unfortunately for, you know, Crystal Palace, they couldn't just defend it. And... Um, Bernardo Silva scored one in the 53rd minute, then Haaland goes on to score a hat-trick. But before Haaland scored the hat-trick, and this is where the controversy comes in for that match, Haaland decided to get his, you know, revenge for Darwin Nunez by kicking uh, Joachim Anderson in the head. High boot. Um, so the boot goes up pretty high. He, uh, you know, just goes for the ball. It's nothing, you know intentional or anything but he gets his foot really high to Anderson's face like this Anderson was bent down a little bit but you know it's still like five feet off the ground it's a very high boot and um it, you know it it was kind of similar to when Sadio Mane ripped off Ederson's face a few years ago of course it wasn't as hard as that uh and Mane he deserved his red card um but Haaland didn't get a red card for this one he didn't get a yellow card for this one and he uh, he didn't even get called for a foul. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit controversial because, you know, we've seen referees give a red card for that. And, uh, you know, Crystal Palace fans will definitely feel a little hard done by that. I think it should have been a definite yellow. You know, it's one of those that's kind of an orange card. But, um, you know, some referees give a red card for that. Some give a yellow. The fact nothing was called was a little crazy. Uh, but... 
Haaland remained on the field. He ended up scoring a hat trick, uh, you know, ruining Crystal Palace's day and, of course, my FPL weekend. Uh, but Haaland's looking like he's essential. As I said earlier, you know, he put on another 17-point haul over the weekend. He put his total tally up to 41, which, like I said, is the difference between sitting at 4 million point or 4 millionth for rank or 500,000 so you know it's crazy that one player has could make that difference now like I said that gap is not huge at the moment and it's easily it can easily be caught up Haaland could be rotated and all of a sudden uh you know I could be coming out on top I do have to say I'm a little bit concerned about Jao Cancelo, not as a player, but more as an FPL asset. Subbed out at the 61st minute. He just hasn't looked the same this season, and it's because he's not getting as far forward as he used to. His average positioning as far as getting deep is about the same as Kyle Walker, which isn't too far. You could really go with either of them. Of course, Kyle Walker is subject to rotation risk, where Jao Cancelo probably isn't. Could Cancelo just have been getting subbed off a little earlier just to get a break before the midweek? I'd say yes, but Palace were actually up at this point when he got subbed out, so I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, let's see right here. Yeah, Jao Cancelo was subbed out before Haaland ended up scoring the goal. So for me, I just, I don't know. He's a little concerning. He's someone I want to watch out for. And, you know, people are probably thinking, who cares? It's Cancelo. It's City Defender. But... You know, seven million for a city defender just to get clean sheets. You might as well just go ahead and get Kyle Walker or Ruben Diaz or at this point John Stones until Laporte comes back. So I don't know. You do have to kind of watch out uh, and just be careful uh, as we get kind of further ahead. Now, of course, Cancelo can still go up. He's still attacking, but it's just not as much as he was last season, and he just seems a little bit off the mark. And as of recording this podcast, he is actually the third most transferred out player so far uh, with 170,000 transfers out. Now looking at some of the other scores, and I'll, I'll go ahead and briefly talk about a few of these matches. Southampton nil, Manchester United 1. So briefly, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of the other scores uh, and just the teams and their FPL assets. And first off, we have Southampton 0, Manchester United 1. Nothing too convincing about this match, honestly. Uh, You know, I thought kind of heading in in the last pod, I kind of talked about how I thought this would be a big game for United so we could kind of see where they're at. And I wasn't too convinced with everything that I saw. Rashford kind of showed that he's still probably not that guy for Manchester United. Bruno Fernandes had a decent game. Is honestly probably one of the better matches I've seen from him in a long, long time. And when I mean a long, long time, I mean probably since like his hat trick or his his big day on game week one of last year since then i haven't seen too much of him and you know he actually played pretty well um i didn't watch the entirety of this match i was watching bits and pieces cristiano ronaldo doesn't look too well honestly manchester united assets are still kind of a stay back the only ones that were really convincing to get were Jaden sancho and marcus rashford for their prices and neither of them have really looked too too great i mean sancho was the first one subbed off in this game too and of course you are probably staying away from all defenders although dallo did end up getting an assist but again it's manchester united they probably won't keep many clean sheets this season um but still someone to kind of watch out for i guess just dallo and maybe maybe Sancho and Rashford. Uh, Next up, we have Brentford 1, Everton 1. This one was a little, uh, 
just not a good day for Brentford. Uh, Ivan Tony and, and all that. Uh, they still have great fixtures. I'd say just a fluke. See how they play. I'm not too worried about Brentford assets as they just kind of tick along as far as like Tony and them go. Brighton won 0 to the United States of Leeds United. Uh, Brighton, they look really good this season. Robert Sanchez and some of those Brighton assets like Leandro Trossard and stuff, they look really, really good right now. Like, really, really good. Personally, I honestly like the look of Trossard. And if I don't, you know, have a solution to my Wilf Zaha problem, I'm considering bringing in Trossard for 6.5 million or something. He's 6.6 now he might be. Uh, he looks to be really, he just, he plays anywhere on the field anyways. He's looked very good. Like I said, if I didn't have Ramsdale, I think Sanchez is probably the next best guy. He Honestly, Sanchez, I rate over Ramsdale at the moment because he's getting those save points. He is getting potential BPS. They're keeping good clean sheets. Uh, Brighton have some pretty decent fixtures, I want to say, coming up. Let's take a look here. Uh, yeah, they have Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace, and then Liverpool. So they have, you know, four really good fixtures until they play Liverpool and then Tottenham after. But, you know, if, if you want to just go for the transfer, I think Sanchez would be a great asset to pick up. Brighton currently have 10 points out of 12. They're off to a great start. I think it's their best start in their Premier League history, which is really good and it's nice to see they're a good team they have the least amount of goals conceded only one goal conceded so far and that was to manchester united next up we have chelsea to leicester city one now wow um there's a lot to talk about and a lot to take away from this game um i guess we'll start on the chelsea side Connor gallagher gets a red card early on kind of unfortunate wish he would go back to crystal palace because he was a really fun fpl asset to have but uh, I feel bad for Gallagher. He's trying to break into that Chelsea team, and his red card didn't really help. Um, as far as the rest goes, Mason Mount subbed off at halftime. He's kind of a dead FPL asset. Uh, Sterling had two goals, which is really nice to see. Finally, we get to see some of Sterling. But how consistent is it? Who knows? Um, really, the only asset we're still taking a look at is the fullbacks, or the wingbacks, and our right center back, Reese James and Mark Cucurella. Uh, Cucurella had an assist. Again, looked really, really sharp. But they did concede a goal to Leicester, which kind of sucks as the clean sheet was wiped. Reese James also got an assist as soon as he was put back out to right wing back. I wish that Tuchel would just keep him at right wing back, if I'm being honest. That's where he plays well, and as soon as he gets pushed out there, he's a completely different player. There's not much to take away from this. Uh, Chelsea still don't look super convincing as far as their attack goes. The rumor is that they are going to get Wesley Fofana, and they probably will end up getting him. As for Leicester City, I mean, wow. Uh, Harvey Barnes ended up getting a goal, his first match back, I believe, uh, assist by Jamie Vardy. Those are the only two guys you probably would ever want in your FPL team anyways. Uh, James Madison is injured. He should be back, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, there's a serious problem at Leicester City right now, and um, I'm not too sure. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, he must be feeling the sweat a little bit now because Leicester have been off to a horrible start currently they sit at 20th so really not looking too good they've had a just one point through 12 they do have Manchester United up next which I mean as of right now I'd, I'd put my money on Manchester United to get this win to take all three points now the only good thing is that their next match 
is is it at home it is at home and they do play on thursday so they do get a few extra days of rest and finally to cap off our saturday arsenal 2 fulham 1 now the assets here in this game of course zinchenko out with injury as i said before he should likely be okay i think it was a precautionary thing same with thomas party they both should be back rather soon zinchenko hopefully will be back this midweek but as i said there's a good chance he probably won't uh with a precautionary thing you know the game is on wednesday they only get really a few days rest until then it'll be interesting to see and as i said we do kind of have a zinchenko problem but for me i do have nico williams on the bench so i could always just throw him in but Nottingham Forest do play City in game week five. So, I mean, uh, as far as the match went, Gabriel Jesus blanked. He got a yellow card. Um, these last two games, he's gotten a yellow card. It's a little bit uh, weird for a striker to get two yellows in a row. So something to watch out for, especially when he's not returning. It does kind of get a little irritating. Martinelli looked very good. Odegaard has been off to a hot, hot start. And Saka got a return. Um, Ramsdale, honestly, played decent. Um, the defense played very good. The only problem that happened, the only reason why they conceded was off such a stupid goal. Uh, I believe it was Saka. I might be wrong. It was either Saka, Elneny. I don't think it was Ben White, but one of them was in their defensive corner, and they went ahead to cross the ball, um, and they put it at Gabrielle's feet. They pass it to Gabrielle, who's sitting in his box, and he just can't control the ball. Uh, three touches he he has three touches on the ball gets stuck under his feet Mitrovic comes in takes it from him scores kind of unfortunate it sucks to see a clean sheet wiped out like that but it is what it is uh wouldn't matter because in the 90th minute Gabriel ended up getting a game winner or 85th minute after I think it was looked at by VAR it, it was a weird kind of goal to uh concede for Fulham but it doesn't matter. It went in. All right, looking at the Sunday games, we had a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, West Ham won Villa nil. What is there to really say? West Ham, they didn't look too, too convincing. Uh, Mikel Antonio was dropped for Skamaka in this one. I didn't really watch this at all. And, uh, you know, a 1-0 win, I guess it's good to see West Ham back on the board, but they still don't look interesting at all as far as assets go. Aston Villa as well, I mean... Who wants Villa assets? Probably nobody. Uh, Gerard and Brendan Rodgers are competing to see who can get relegated first, it seems. So, uh, uh, yeah, I guess just kind of watch out for that. Wolves won, Newcastle won in an end-to-end -end game. We saw really, really interesting um, how end-to-end -end that game was. I really thought Newcastle would be kind of more dominant on the ball. And um, Wolves, they, they attacked well. Neves had a nice goal, uh, assist from Guedes, which... I believe is his second return since coming onto the team. He's had a decent start. He's not a bad asset to kind of keep an eye on. Neto nearly had a goal, um, which, you know, was unfortunate. And uh, Raul Jimenez got his goal ruled out. And then late in the 90th minute, uh, Alan St. Maxman came on and scored. However, he was subbed off due to apparent injury. Again, I did not watch the end of this match, so I'm not too sure. But it doesn't look like it's too serious yet. I think there'll be more info later on. And finally, we have Tottenham to Forest nil. Kane scoring two goals, one assist from Kulusevski. Kane could have had a hat trick, but he missed his penalty. Uh, Perisic subbed off in the 74th minute. Son subbed off in the 74th minute. Son, all right. There's a few. There's a few things to talk about in this one. I guess for as far as Spurs go. First off, we're going to talk about Son. 
no returns again, subbed off before Kane or Kulisevsky. I don't know, maybe if Sun's just being saved a little later on or whatever, but, uh, you know, you got to be a little worried if you are a Sun owner. And if you are, you probably should have gotten rid of Sun by this point. You literally could just go to KDB, which would have been a much better choice later on anyways. I think you still should make that move, considering City's next two fixtures. So if you have Sun, move him on. Yes, Sun can score. KDB can also score, and KDB does have better fixtures. Ivan Perisic, he was supposed to come off much earlier than he did. I think it was like a nine-minute difference. Watch out for that because I wouldn't be surprised to see Perisic get rotated in this midweek. For Sessegnon, those are the two that will kind of be rotated by. Uh, a lot of questions about Daherty or Emerson Royale. I don't, I don't know how... I don't know. We might see rotation, but Emerson Royale has played very well to start this season. I think he's got the number one shirt for now. Uh, unless he, you know, loses it, it's his to lose. But, uh, you know, I'd say it was a pretty routine match for Tottenham. You know, they played well. They didn't look too, you know, out of place. Uh, as far as Nottingham Forest go, again, Nico Williams very far and advanced up the field. That's really the only one you want. Uh, Lingard doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, Dean Henderson looked very well. He actually ended up getting two bonus points in this match, uh, but that was because of the penalty save, of course. Despite that, though, Dean Henderson doesn't look like a bad backup. Nico Williams is still going to be your number one bench player. And that is all the games. So, ahead of the Game Week 5 preview, I didn't want to just go ahead and talk about all the games that are going to be coming up and you know we've kind of talked about all the assets that need to be talked about so i kind of want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the fpl asset concerns and these are the players that were either injured are being transferred out a lot and um just kind of where to move off from so we'll start with zinchenko because he's kind of the one that comes to a lot of people's concern he's owned by a good amount of managers and he's been transferred out already by 360,000 of them however like i said the arsenal doctors have come out and said that zinchenko was left out for precautionary measures anyways so i i don't really see it justified as a, a move to get rid of him um he actually did run onto the pitch to celebrate with his teammate gabrielle uh, during the goal which he seemed pretty fine for as i said i think it's precautionary will he start in the midweek maybe we need to kind of wait for more team news and we should probably get that before tuesday anyways if zinchenko is ruled out for this you know midweek game but he's going to be fine for the weekend just hold him there's no point in getting rid of him if you absolutely need to get rid of zinchenko just go get one of the other arsenal defenders in saliba or gabrielle this was the second game in a row that a center back has scored in. Not that they'll score again, but you're going for the clean sheet points, and they do have Villa up next. But still, I'd probably just hold and play Nico Williams in place of him. Yes, Nico Williams will probably get a two-pointer, but you could probably use your transfer elsewhere. Unless, you're, of course, you're spared on transfers or whatever. Just get a center back from Arsenal and then go back to Zinchenko if you really, really have to. Next up is Wilfred Zaha, and the reason why I included Zaha on this list is because he is probably the best enabler at the 7.0 spot. He's the only midfielder that's 7.0 or around that range that has scored more than 20 points besides Bernardo Silva and St. Maximin. 
Now, as I said, there's no update at all on Zaha's injury, and there's a rumor that Zaha's not even injured at all. He's just trying to get his contract extension or move on. I don't really know, and honestly, I'm not too sure what to do with him at the moment, but I am probably either going to go with one of the City midfielders, and that's what the move I'd probably recommend if you have enough City slots to do so. Gundogan or Bernardo Silva. Um, the nice thing about these two is that Bernardo Silva has played right wing. He played that in the Newcastle game, and he played very well in that spot. I'd love to see Bernardo Silva just slot in at that right wing spot and Gundogan in the midfield. Um, but regardless, these guys are going to play every game. It's just a matter of how many minutes they will. You could go ahead and get Harvey Barnes now that he's returned from injury, but do you really want to own a Leicester player? Probably not. Do you really want to get Coutinho? No, because you don't want a Villa player either. Uh, so yeah, Zaha's kind of been this trap player already for me, and I literally just brought him in, and I'll probably be sending him on his way probably Tuesday before the deadline just because I want to hear about the injury before anything. Uh, because Crystal Palace do have decent fixtures coming up, but I might just be tempted and go with the City guys. Now, we did talk about Sun, and um, yeah, so Sun. I'm not too sure where Sun has been this season. He hasn't really returned at all. Uh, he was subbed off again, as we said, ahead of Kulisevsky and Kane. He's gotten one assist so far this whole season. There's not much more to say about it. He's not in form, and there's no point in continuing to hold him. Move on the KDB or just find the money and move to Salah. Those are the two options you really have up there. You can always move down and then move up to Holland if you're looking to do that. Uh, or just move down and move up to Kane. Kane's been off to a great start this season. But yeah, other than that, guys, I uh, I, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see why you'd hold on to Sun. Uh, we talked about Cancelo already. I think you got to give him a little bit more time. But uh, don't be afraid to move down and away from Cancelo. He's off to a slower start as well. He had 7 points in the first game. But that was just due to clean sheet. Then he had 11 from the Bournemouth game. Which he had 1 assist. Which I believe was in just like an own goal one. So I guess it's not even a true assist. So kind of lucky to start off this game. It'll be interesting to see how he kind of continues on this season. Uh, looking at some of the other players. I, I just don't see any that are super like trappy right now or someone that you really need to get rid of um, as far as Arsenal guys you're keeping them all really Gabriel Jesus I've seen has started to come down a little bit in ownership but even then like you're not getting rid of Gabriel Jesus just because he had one blank I mean even last week he didn't score but he had an assist this game he had one blank but still their fixtures are Villa Manchester United Everton and Brentford those are still four really good matches for Arsenal so before we go ahead and wrap up the show, we do have one last thing to talk about, and that is the captaincy dilemma. And who else but the main three of Gabriel Jesus, Mohamed Salah, and Erling Haaland. These three are the most popular choices, and rightfully so. They all have rather good fixtures, and they're all home. So Haaland is the obvious captain choice for most. He had a great, great, great day. Hat trick. All that. But many are scared of the possible rotation. I don't see it coming this midweek. I don't think it makes any sense. Yeah, maybe Julian Alvarez wants to play some minutes, and that is understandable. It very well could happen. But if you're going to rotate Haaland, like, you know, 
the right way, it probably would make sense for him to be rotated at the weekend ahead of their UCL match. Doesn't matter really, n no. Because even if he starts, he'll probably be subbed off after 60 or 70 minutes in the midweek. If he is not starting at the midweek, he'll get subbed on. It doesn't matter because Haaland can come on, he could score any time. The only difference is, is, I guess, captaincy choices when it comes to Haaland, but it's really up to you. I don't think that... I don't think that... I, I, I don't know, it's hard to justify one or the other two over Haaland at this point. But uh, I guess Forrest are a good, solid team and rotation could come in. So maybe you can go ahead and take Gabriel Jesus or Mo Salah. But Gabriel Jesus, he plays against a poor Austin Villa. It's a good shout. Um, but, you know, he gets his first blank. No goal in the other one. Is Jesus still, you know, going to get into good areas? You know, they'll prepare for him very well. I don't know. Villa are a good defensive team as well. I don't know why they are just not doing too well. I mean, Matty Cash, Luca Dean are great FPL assets, yet they just just aren't. They're just not keeping clean sheets. They'll get BPS if they could just score goals and and win a game. Uh, and then Mo Salah, of course, he you know he's coming off a big Liverpool win, but he didn't get any returns in it. He'll probably be very hungry for returns, you know. It, and he could he could also go off. He could score two goals against Newcastle. He could get a hat trick against Newcastle while Haaland gets none. I mean, City could go ahead and win 9-0 and Haaland could get nothing. So, you know, as far as it goes, the captaincy options. If, if you have to choose from all three of these from your captaincy choice, just flip a three-sided coin and go with that. Um, if you have one of these guys and you're missing like Haaland, for example, go get Salah. Go Captain Salah. Go Captain Jesus. I mean, either of them could return on any day. And at this point, it's more just about a little bit of luck. Of course, Newcastle are probably the toughest one of them all. So if you have all three, you probably just go ahead and get Haaland. If not, you get Gabriel Jesus. Just keep your ears out for the team news, of course, ahead on Tuesday. I'm sure we'll get some kind of news about rotation, injuries, and all that on Monday. So just keep your ears out for that. Anyways, listeners, thank you for making it to the end. Make sure you check out the newsletter. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you gotta do to make sure you stay up to date with this. I'll be back later this week with two more podcasts, something that, you know, we'll have an extra one just because we'll have the Game Week 5 review on Thursday. And then, of course, Game Week 6 preview on Friday for another weekend of fixtures. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys later. 